This is a podcast from Minute Media. Silver and Black Flashback with your host, author of the Raiders Encyclopedia, Rich Schmelter. Thanks, Murph. As I always say, you are the best damn host of any Raiders podcast, and I am proud as hell to call you my Raider brother. And as for you, Raider Nation, pride is what I have every single day in knowing that I am part of the greatest, and I mean the greatest, fan base on earth. And if there is a fan base beyond that, then Raider Nation will conquer that as well. All right, Raider Nation, with the Academy Awards ceremonies coming up in a few weeks, that gave me an idea for the next episode of Silver and Black Flashback. Yep, my Raider Nation brothers and sisters, we are going Hollywood. And not just for this episode, but on a sequel as well. After all, don't most of the films released lately have a sequel? So why not flashback, right? So, in addition to my passion for our beloved Raiders, I also have the same passion for classic Hollywood and drive-in films. Now, to those that know me personally out in the audience, that comes as no surprise. I can bet that right now, two great friends of mine and major fans of the show, Matt and Bruce, are laughing and shaking their heads in agreement. Right, guys? So it is now time to delve into our history and explore some of our Raider heroes that conquered the film and television industry after kicking ass in silver and black. All right, Raider Nation, so let's put on our best sunglasses, jump into a convertible, and head down Sunset Boulevard, Hollywood Boulevard, or any other palm tree lined street that graces the city of dreams, Hollywood, California. So on with the show, episode 27 of Flashback, Raiders Gone Hollywood. Now, I would sing some of that classic song, Hooray for Hollywood, here, but my singing voice is terrible. And once again, those that know me are all shaking their heads in a unified yes, his singing sucks. Before the Raiders' secondary was patrolled by The Assassin, The Hitman, and Dr. Death, it was led by The Hammer, Fred Williamson, one tough-ass defensive back, and once in Hollywood, he continued on with his badass Raider ways as a tough guy on the screen. Born on March 5, 1938 in Gary, Indiana, Fred Williamson became a standout multi-sport star at Froebel High School. Football, basketball, and track were his sports, and he excelled at all of them, especially in track. At 6 foot, 200 pounds, Williamson threw a shot put 51 feet, three and a half inches to set a new meet record at the 1956 Northern Indiana Conference Indoor Track Meet, which his school won for the fourth straight time that year. He then placed second in the state outdoor track meet in the shot put before graduating 17th out of his senior class of 190 students. Fred Williamson then decided to continue his athletic and academic career at the highly prestigious Northwestern University in Illinois, where he blossomed into a six foot three inch, 215 pounder, ready to assault Big Ten opponents from 1956 through 1959. As a football player, he was selected all Big Ten in 1959 and was co captain of the track team. He earned two varsity letters in both football and track and set a freshman school record with a throw of 51 feet six inches in the shot put. After his collegiate career at Northwestern University was over, Williamson signed with the San Francisco 49ers as a free agent. While in training camp, he hit so hard that one of the coaches told him not to hammer on his players with such force. The nickname stuck. In 
and he lived up to it throughout an eight-year professional football career. On September 20th, 1960, following the exhibition season, the 49ers traded him to the Pittsburgh Steelers, where he was a starter in the defensive backfield all season long. And on August 24th, 1961, he jumped to the American Football League by signing a free agent contract with the Raiders after expressing a desire to play close to his home in Berkeley, California. Armed with the hammer, a karate-type move he used with his forearm to blast the heads of receivers, Williamson created havoc on the opposition that dared enter his area. He played with the Raiders from 1961 through the 1964 season, intercepted 25 passes, was selected to the AFL All-Star Game twice in 1962 and 1963, and earned all AFL honors in both those seasons. Whether he was on the field or off, Fred Williamson was one flashy individual. He loved to wear the latest, wild style of clothes, drove flashy cars, and was one of pro football's legendary boasters, having no problem tossing out some of the most outrageous remarks, and he soon became known as Flamboyant Freddy in addition to The Hammer. On April 3, 1965, Williamson was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs in exchange for another defensive back, Dave Grayson. The trade came as somewhat of a surprise to Williamson, but he accepted it and was ready to continue his career with the Chiefs. This gifted athlete finished off his professional career with the Kansas City Chiefs from 1965 through 1967 and helped them win the American Football League Championship in 1966. After his release from the Kansas City Chiefs early in 1968, he signed with Montreal of the Canadian Football League but never played in a league game. Williamson then retired from professional football for good but left a legacy of hard tackles, batted down passes, and 36 interceptions in 104 games. He gained 479 yards off those interceptions and returned two of them for touchdowns. On one of those returns, he went 91 yards to set a Raider team record. Fred Williamson might have traveled to different locales in his professional football career, but it was his time with our Raiders that saw the hammer emerge as one of the top defensive backs of his time and one of the greatest defensive backs to ever wear the silver and black. It was then on to a long-standing acting career that started in television roles in 1968 and in films, including a role in the 1970 Academy Award-winning movie, MASH. One of Williamson's early films actually used his nickname for the title. In 1972's Hammer, he played a boxer that rose up the ranks with the help from organized crime figures, but then he goes against them, much to their displeasure. Co-starring in this film with Williamson was the undisputed king of the drive-in films, William Smith. This is a great film, folks. Another top Williamson film was 1973's Black Caesar, where he played Tommy Gibbs, the leader of a crime family in New York City's Harlem area. Many of Williamson's film roles were with fellow football star-turned-actor Jim Brown. In addition to a film and television career that spanned 50-plus years in front of the camera, Williamson also worked behind the camera as a director and producer in the 1970s, having directed over 20 projects. And as an added bonus to all the Star Trek fans out in Raider Nation, Williamson appeared in the episode The Cloud Minders as Anka in the original series back in 1969. All right, folks. Now, I love to lift weights, jog, and hit a punching bag. 
And on numerous occasions during my workouts, I have listened to Gonna Fly Now and The Eye of the Tiger from the greatest boxing flicks of all time, the Rocky series. Those two songs are definitely music to get you pumped up, right? So now even though Rocky Balboa is the hero of those flicks, his opponent in the first two Rockies, Apollo Creed, was no second-rate fighter either. Hell, in Rocky III, my favorite Rocky of them all, he joined forces with Rocky to train him. So why is this so important? Well, before he became a household name as Apollo Creed, Carl Weathers was a linebacker for our beloved Raiders. Rocky Balboa and Apollo Creed definitely staged the greatest boxing matches in cinematic history. The roles also catapulted their portrayers, Sylvester Stallone and Carl Weathers, into stardom on the big screen. Born in New Orleans, Louisiana on January 14, 1948, Carl Weathers was a gifted all-around athlete in boxing, football, judo, soccer, wrestling, and even gymnastics. Yes, I would say all-around athlete is an understatement. This guy was a stud, and in the 8th grade, he received an athletic scholarship to St. Augustine High School. As a high school junior, Weathers moved from Louisiana to Southern California and completely fell in love with the West Coast. In his senior football season of 1965, he was regarded as one of the greatest defensive ends in Long Beach High School history and earned all city honors at Long Beach Poly High School. After graduating from Poly in 1966, he continued his education and football career as a defensive end at Long Beach City College. He missed out on playing during the 1966 season due to an ankle injury, but more than made up for it in 1967 when he was named one of the Vikings' tri-captains and earned all Metropolitan Conference honors. It was then off to San Diego State, and as a member of the 1968 and 1969 Aztecs, Weathers earned two varsity letters while playing for legendary coach Don Coriel and saw playing time at defensive end, tackle, and linebacker. He earned all-league honors, and San Diego State never lost a game during Weathers' two seasons there. They posted a 9-0-1 record in 1968 and were 11-0 in 1969. By this time, the acting bug had already bitten Weathers, and he majored in theater arts while punishing opposing ball carriers at San Diego State. In 1970, the 6-foot, 2-inch, 220-pound Weathers signed with the Raiders as a free agent and saw action in seven games at linebacker and on special teams, and he earned a reputation as a punishing tackler. After the 1971 season, he left the Raiders and played a year in the Canadian Football League with the British Columbia Lions before retiring from football to exclusively pursue his passion for acting. After some minor appearances in Kung Fu, Bucktown, Friday Foster, C-Pop, and The Four Deuces, the role of a lifetime was presented to him in 1976, playing opposite Sly Stallone in the Academy Award-winning Best Picture, Rocky. With the huge success from the Rocky films, Carl Weathers went on to a solid career that saw him star in Predator in 1987, Action Jackson in 1988, and many, many more on the big screen and on television up to the present time. He has also delved into the video game business, supplying the voice of Colonel Samuel Garrett in Mercenaries, Journey of Destruction. He also heads Red Tight Media, a production company who specializes in training films for the United States military. 
Well, Raider Nation, here we are at the end of another episode of Silver and Black Flashback. The next part of this series will be continued the next time we are once again together. And while waiting for the next time we are back together again, remember those three words that I hold so dear each and every day, and they are, as always, love you, Raider Nation! This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.